1: everyone and welcome to Temporary Admission. This week, at popular request, we're circling back to NFTs. We're going to be chatting with Scottish artist David Batchelor, who just launched his first NFT, and next take Curator, and now Head of Programming at Verse, and essentially the woman tasked with bringing the best digital artworks to the first platform, Leila. So welcome guys, it's good to have you. Thank
2: you. Thanks so much
1: James. No problem. Well look David, it probably makes more sense in this instance to start with you and then we'll move on to... First and, and later what you're working on with David at the moment but David why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and your practice
0: well I mean I, I, I when people ask me like what what my work's like I say well it, it's about color and it, that is actually the, the simplest the most direct way of describing it um, the, the vivid colors of the urban environment in particular, and I will use any medium I can as a way of supporting and presenting these vivid colors be it sculpture painting installation photography drawing um animation uh, and so forth um and at the moment i'm working on a new group of works on paper um and that's actually partly because i've just done a big exhibition at a a museum in warwickshire called compton verney and it's a kind of retrospective of literally 40 years of my work and when you look you know and i spend a lot of time there's a lot of planning and, and administration involved in getting you know a show like that together there are about 200 works in the show so I felt I felt I have I've been in the studio a lot but I've not actually been making much work because of this this planning uh, ev- everyone's got something to say about colour that's part of the pleasure of it is that it's it's not a specialist subject in a way you know every kid you meet every everyone experiences colour and everyone's got something to say about it
1: I think that's what actually you know drew me into your artwork in the first place because Anyone that knows me will know I'm particularly drawn to any artwork with lots of colour, so you definitely have me hooked at that point. But David, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about, you know, why you've decided to dip your toe into the realm of NFTs now, because everyone's heard of Beeple, and you know, he launched his hugely popular NFT earlier last year, but you're maybe one of the bigger named, more traditional artists that has now decided to dip their name or dip their toe, I should say, into the NFT realm. Why is that?
0: I've been working away for years and you know, and occasionally you know, you get uh, people come to the studio with an invitation to do something a bit different and a bit new and you think, well, I don't know about that. I don't know much about it, but I'll give it a go. And to be honest, you know, uh, Layla, you know, approached me with the prospect of doing an nft with verse and i and i you know i can be absolutely honest and say i know very little about nfts but i'm always open to new ways of looking at things and new ways of doing things so i was i was and i obviously in implicitly trust layla so i was happy to go along with the project
1: and you've known layla for a while right
0: yes i mean the, layla approached me It must have been now six or seven years ago with the uh, the proposition of doing an exhibition in Tehran this was just before the before Trump was elected so what, while relations between the West and Iran were rather better uh, to work with a the gallery there and do an exhibition and also to do a catalogue and actually to have one of my books translated into Farsi now I mean what was rather sweet was that later kind of came to the studio and said I don't know if you, I don't know if I can really persuade you to do this but we'd really like to and I thought Tehran sure why not I mean and it was a fantastic experience. Um, I loved working with the Aban Bar Gallery and the people I met there. And of course, I loved you know, visiting the city, you know, looking at it, meeting artists and critics and looking at the architecture and the historic work. I mean, it was, it was one of the really great, great um, experiences for me. So, so basically I felt, you know, uh, Leila has a very high credit rating uh, in my world.
2: Oh, that's good to hear, David. That's good to hear. When David came to Tehran, actually, just after he left, they changed all the immigration laws, didn't they, with America? So then got stuck having to apply for visas going to America because you've been to
0: Iran. Literally, the day after I arrived, the the first Trump travel ban kicked
2: in. I I felt so bad.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I was more, I was a lot more interested in, in, in traveling to Tehran than I was to America at the time. It was a truly, you know, great experience. And um, so, yeah, uh, and that's, we've always kept in touch ever since.
1: I think what I found interesting, though, or would like to know a little bit more about, I guess, is is why now? Because NFTs have you know, been growing in importance for a while now, but it doesn't necessarily always feel like the art world has either been ready for them or accepted them or, you know, Verse in itself, as we said, is a relatively new platform. So, what kind of convinced you to come on board and actually launch your first NFT through Verse?
0: Well, it was. I mean, I, if it had been someone else other than someone I knew and trusted, then I, I might have, have been more wary because um, you know you often you, know, you often get slightly odd you know invitations that you you, know, you often have to turn down. But uh, it was really was because I trust Layla and. You know, obviously, I've heard about NFTs, and I was curious, and I thought, well, this is a way of you know of addressing my curiosity. I mean, incidentally, it, at almost exactly the same time, I was invited to make a tapestry uh, by a, with a, through a guy in um, Latin America, in Mexico, and you know, making a tapestry and making an NFT are, are kind of opposites. The tapestry takes six months to make; it's it's every every um, you. Know, millimeter of the work that it's made from you know it's rendered into into hand dyed wool and hand stitched you i can't think of anything that is less like um working doing the verse project than doing a tapestry but you know and i had no idea how the tapestry would turn out either it was you know it was a bit of a shot in the dark and and, you know and i'm very happy to go along for the ride
1: well that's a good job considering you've you know got tapestries and nfts like you say they're very different um, but Layla, from your point of view, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on this, because obviously you've been tasked with bringing in kind of top tier artists and digital artworks, you know, onto the first platform. So you must, in some respects, agree that the the art world is ready for NFTs now and is ready to start taking them seriously, you know, maybe more so than they have beyond the the more gimmicky NFTs that we've had in the past. Would you say the more traditional art world is ready for NFTs now?
2: I would have loved to hear from David actually. Um but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start off saying that yes, I think you're right. I think people are still really nervous. And I think from place to place it, it, it varies as well. So I think London is particularly more nervous than maybe New York or LA. I, I don't know. I just feel like their reaction I get here is very defensive towards some artists so you get artists like David who are just I think you you said it you're just a curious person you're not afraid to take a leap and um and kind of to see where it takes you whereas I think a lot of artists are so concerned about how they're seen and and it's actually interesting I find that also there isn't a whole lot of knowledge around them so and, and I was, you know, I was the same way when I entered Verse. I really didn't know a whole lot about NFTs. I got so, I was just so curious about the NFT world that I that I entered Verse that way. It came out of curiosity rather than sort of knowledge. But I think there's also not a, not a lot of knowledge around it. So that also makes it difficult for people to have faith in it. And, you know, having said that, there's also so much bad, you know, there are a lot of things that are wrong with the NFT realm. I mean, the, a lot of the conversations are about, you know, the 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 money value of it and people trading artworks. Um, and you know, so that is something that makes the art world really nervous because when do you talk about the art, you're just talking about the monetary value. So, um, yeah. So I think there are a lot of reasons why people are nervous around them, and also there are a lot of NFT artists that you know, have visually and aesthetically such a different language to what we're used to on the, in the art world. So that's just jarring. The contrast is 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 just really hard for people to understand. Having said that, I think things are overlapping. And in Art Basel, you know, I saw some galleries displaying NFTs. There was a huge display um, that Tezos had with NFTs. It's still not quite there yet, but definitely it's seeping into... The art world slowly for sure
0: i mean personally i've, I've not looked at that many nfts there's, there's certainly a few i've seen and i thought yeah that's that's really nothing much to do with you know my, what my work's about and you know, i think a lot of you know, if you like more traditional artists which i'd include myself you, you really most artists work with a medium with, with materials and stuff and it's very physical and that certainly applies to my work and so there's always a question well how can i what would it mean to translate a, a work which is essentially a sort of one to one relationship with a viewer into a into a digital format which doesn't have that relationship and i think you know, a lot of artists a lot of painters perhaps and you know, sculptors would, would wouldn't know wouldn't immediately have a sense of how you could convert the work i mean i work i tend to work in a whole variety of mediums you know um, Painting and sculpture and drawing and installation and photography and so forth and and I had done I you know I've been working on a few animations and it, for me it was somewhat easier to, to imagine how a bit of my work might translate into this medium. But again, that's me thinking of NFTs as a medium uh, rather than as a monetary um, mechanism, like. And you know I can I understand medium much better than I understand money.
1: I think though it feels like we've had a lot of maybe bad quality NFTs, you know, in the past. And I think what's changing now is maybe more traditional, if I can use that term, artists are kind of considering NFTs as a viable option and really spending time creating good quality NFTs. Do you think that's kind of having a role to play as well?
2: Absolutely, I think it's really interesting, um, David, when you spoke about um, how you approach the making of your work and how you think about the viewer. And I think James, in in relation to your question of there is a lot of bad NFT out there, is I think my 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 the way I see it is because a lot of the artists that are creating NFTs don't really think about the viewer that much because. It's a very fast-moving um, world, and there is no risk involved. You know, you just upload your work; it's out there, and either somebody likes it or they don't like it. It's like you've got nothing to lose. Whereas traditional artists really take their time thinking about the viewer, thinking about where it's placed, how it's seen from which angle, how you you know approach it, how the light is. I mean, so many different elements, and it's a much slower and and much more thought through process, then I would say a lot of the NFT artists. um, I do think things are changing in the realm, but I think that's how it sort of started. That's why there was such an explosion of production. I mean, anybody made an NFT. And of course, a lot of it was just made without any thought. And you can see that in the work. I
0: think your point about the slowness, Leila, is exactly exactly right. That you know, if, if say I'm making a sculpture, it you know it might take me, well, I mean, it would take me a time to develop the body of work, but you know um, it would take you know a few you know certainly days, possibly weeks to make, and then you know then you'd have to have a body of work to go to an exhibition, so you'd have a number of them. You know the whole process of, of you know beginning to make something in the studio to exhibiting it in a gallery, say, can take. A year or two um you wouldn't expect it to happen more quickly than that
1: yeah that's a good point and i think it's it's interesting as well how it feels that more artists are maybe seeing nfts now as an extension of whatever practice they were currently pursuing whether that be sculpture like yourself or you know more traditional paintings on canvas etc but many maybe traditional artists are now considering nfts i think or at least that it's on their radar i
0: and I remember for a long time, artists wouldn't touch digital photography. It was analogue photography was seen as really the only proper form of the photograph and film. So, you know, there's, there's forms of resistance always, I think, in and around art. And, you know, on the other hand, you've always got artists who want to try out these new things. Um, for me, when, when you know, uh, when Leila spoke to me, I, I was kind of racking my brains to thinking, well, what? What could I do that would be unique to this medium um that would relate to my work but wouldn't just be a sort of conversion of a work into another you know format and and I happened to have been playing around with um you know quite i quite often have a photographer into the into the studio to photograph bodies of work and I happened to have had a photographer who was photographing a, a group of about fifteen sculptures and it happened they were all. We positioned them against the wall in exactly the same position. So when we sc- scrolled through the images, of you know like half a second each, these various sculptures seemed to become a kind of animation, a kind of dance of sculptures. And and I'd always really liked that, and I just kept it um, without a sense of what how I could use it. Um, so it was just there in the you know on the back burner, like there's always a lot of stuff on the back burner when you know when you've got a number of things going on in the studio. And you know, when I was speaking with Ledo, just literally when we were having the conversation, I thought, well, actually, maybe, maybe this thing, which has no other, no other form, and no other nowhere else to go, may, maybe that would work. And I, I suggested to Laila, she had a look at this little animation, and we decided it would, it might be a goer.
1: It is very cool actually to have a look at. I think it's um, very bright and colourful, which is definitely right at my street. But do you think, David, that NFTs have the potential to? maybe change the traditional gallery artist relationship or maybe for our listeners who are artists do you think that nfts are something they should be considering as well
0: the relationships that are involved with an nft and certainly in in working with verse are somewhat different with a gallery now and they seem to um to work in favor of the artist which is to say that the artist gets a, a bigger percentage of the of the income from the work than you would in a normal gallery. So that you know, I mean, basically, you know, every artist needs to support their work by getting income. You know, so um, anything that you know that, that enables you to generate income, that enables you to make your work, is going to be welcomed by most artists. I mean, not anything. Um, you know, there are there are obviously kind of limits. Um, but you know, I mean, a, a, a normal gallery. The relationship is that you know, you sell the work through a gallery. The gallery takes 50%. That's normal. Um, and there should be some. Uh, in the event of resale, there should be some droit de suite, as it's called. That very rarely happens. Now, you know, and most artists you know, accept that relationship, and that's just the, that's business as usual. Now, the NFT, the the artist gets a greater percentage, and then there is a kind of guarantee to resale condition because, as I understand it, of the nature of the blockchain means you can always track uh, the movement of the work, so to speak. So you know, in those respects, it's advantageous to the artist.
1: Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like there's a lot of benefits to artists going into or, or at least exploring NFTs. Layla, from your side, do you think there are any challenges or, or what kind of should we be looking out for? Because from my point of view, I know I really struggle with still the fact that I can't just put them on my wall. And that's kind of not really what I'm used to, or or not what I expect. And I'm struggling to see kind of that benefit.
2: Yeah, I think the the challenges are still that people are really unfamiliar on what to do with the medium, you know, there and and the medium in itself um, can be various things. I mean, some artists that um, create NFTs, use the blockchain and then that's very clear that that's you know part of the medium other artists use it in you know in in different ways and then what happens is then then how do you display these works where do they sit so I think for the art world it's still hard to understand where to place them I think because so much of the art world is around exhibition and the physicality of the work and the experience And NFTs are just not necessarily about that. They're either very, very conceptual or they're very much about the idea of collecting. So I think that's where the difficulty lies. It just hasn't found its place yet. I do think in the future with digital works, especially it's going to be a no-brainer that they're going to have to be on the blockchain. Um, That's something that's right now not present. And I think that will just become part of the norm in the future
1: and that's so the artist can track kind of resale and then that side of things but i guess we haven't actually spoken about views and we probably should touch on that in a little bit more detail because it certainly sounds like a good place for you know maybe first timers to buy really top quality nfts but also for people to experience buying nfts in a very different way do you want to tell us a little bit more about it?
2: Yeah, so um, Verse is a platform that's trying to bridge the gap between the NFT realm and the art world. And we try to work with uh, curators and we ask them to uh, put on exhibitions on our platform um, online. And the idea is really, it's, I guess it's a little bit uh, different to the rest of the space because we're talking about you know, artists putting their work on, you know, directly onto sites, and here we are saying, no, we want to work with curators. And I think the reason is is because we feel like the space had this you know in, incredibly productive place where there has been so much artwork, but there's no sort of there's been no curation within within the w- within the space, within the NFT realm. and we're really trying to put together exhibitions that have concepts that have been researched and that are brought forward by people in the industry that we respect. And they can either be from the art world or they can be from the NFT realm. So our curators are not necessarily curators as a profession, but they can be writers, they're thinkers, they're collectors. They're all sorts of different people. But the idea is we want them to bring forward artists that matter to them, that they find interesting, that have moved them in one way or the other. And um, yeah, and, and so it's very much a platform that's about putting together exhibitions rather than just um, artists uploading their own work. We work mostly with various people. So it's quite collaborative in that sense.
1: Yeah, I know that when I was speaking with Jamie, who's one of the co-founders of Verse, when he was thinking about setting it up, it was very much, you know, super important to make sure you're going to get the right people involved and people like yourselves, Layla, but also making sure that the artists that you you got on board on the first instance were those real kind of top artists and the big names that would really require some thought to actually get right. And that was, you know, super important for Jamie in the first instance and and rushing it was absolutely not a possibility. And I think that can really show in what has been produced because Verse has answered a lot of the, or solved a lot of the problems that did face the NFT community when buying art. But It's also, I think, allowed people to, like you say, build a little community around understanding the artists that are producing the NFTs and learning more about them as well. I think that was really lacking.
2: Exactly. And it goes back to, you know, when we spoke earlier about David taking his time. I mean, that's exactly what we want to do. We really want to take our time to understand which one of these artists that are being active within the NFT realm, you know, which one of these are making works that we find genuinely interesting? Can we provide more context about them? Because actually one of the other difficulties is that with it on, you know, these NFT most NFT platforms do not create, do not have enough contextual information about the artists. You don't learn enough about their practice, whereas we are really trying to create as much sort of texts and interviews and videos as much as we can about them so that people really can get an understanding of their work and it seems so necessary because the only place where you see them is online and yeah we really try to provide as much information as possible also the thing about verse which i personally really like because it's something that sort of alienated me prior to nft sites was that you know you can Purchase or acquire NFTs with you know with your credit card or you know you don't need to have any crypto knowledge, and for me that was a huge thing because I don't understand anything about cryptocurrency. I don't have a MetaMask wallet. I have no idea how to operate them. So it's very, you know, it's a lot more like purchasing an edition or you know it feels like an art. It feels just like another art website, and I. Um, like a gallery website. And it's 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 very easy to navigate in that sense for the viewer as well.
1: That was it. I remember when you announced the funding round that you've recently closed. I think you raised 2.3 million pounds, if I'm not correct. But in one of the press releases, I remember reading it was saying that Augustin Ass, who's the other co-founder, was so pleased because even his mum would now be able to buy an NFT. And I think that was actually, or well, that resonated so much because I've got so stuck in the past trying to even figure out how to buy an NFT. I think I've got, you know, money stuck in a MetaMask somewhere and it all went wrong and I just gave up in the end.
2: Yeah, it's too easy, I have to say.
1: And so you launched, I mean, it wasn't that long ago now that you launched, but it almost feels that you've had maybe four or five exhibitions Is it now. Are you able to tell us a little bit more about those?
2: Yeah, so we've just had, I think it's our fourth exhibition right now. So we had a launching exhibition where we invited a number of curators and artists. So very much as I was saying, we're all about, we kind of want to see ourselves a little bit like a curatorial laboratory uh, for NFTs because I think we're all still figuring out how we can best present them. And, we you know, I feel like we're still learning all of them. So the idea was to invite... 12 curators for the launching exhibition, and of the 12 curators, each one would suggest one, one artwork that has significance to them. And those people varied from, as I said, artists like David Shrickley to curators like the professor of curating at Goldsmith, Andrew Renton, to, you know, Tyler Hobbs, who's, you know, one of the most well-respected and um, NFT artists out there, gen artists out there. So we had really a, a big range of um, individuals that brought forward the launching exhibition. So I guess the selection of the work was quite diverse because of that, but it was also really wonderful because we, you know, we sort of had this great mix of very different kind of artworks, very different kind of NFTs, some from the artwork like David, who was his first NFT to then artists who you know, have a huge following in in, in the realm. And I guess that's something that we are going to continue to do. We really want to work with both. We want to work with artists who, you know, perhaps have never made an NFT before and are now venturing into this world. But we also do want to work with artists who we think are creating, you know, interesting gen art. And those need the right contextualizing and um, the right sort of platform to be seen by people from the art world so that was the launching exhibition and the idea of the exhibition was the title uh, was taken from an exhibition that took place in London in in the 1950s called This is Tomorrow and at the time I mean we're sort of borrowing the title because some of the ideas overlap at the time the artists were really influenced by the the effect of media um, within the art world. And um, the exhibition itself was a very collaborative, uh, had a very collaborative approach where artists work with art, where the artists work with architects and designers. And we sort of really liked some of the overlaps between, you know, the way we we're thinking and um, the way the exhibition was approached back then.
1: Hey, really, I hadn't realized that that's where the name would come from. I just I really liked it, but didn't know the history behind it. But just changing tack slightly, I'm interested, you know, with both of you now actually being so heavily involved with NFTs, have either of you actually taken the plunge and bought NFTs for yourself? I haven't, no.
2: I have, and I'm really into it. (laughs) I am really into it. Um, Yeah, I, I sort of started, I got my first one, um, with an artist called Zankan because we received, he was, he was actually, he was brought forward by Tyler Hobbs for the launching exhibition. And I started reading about him and how he creates these sort of natural worlds through the algorithm. And I got really drawn into his words and I thought they were so poetic and I saw the work and I was like, okay, I might actually get this one. It was also within my price range. So we had an open edition and I, and I got one of them and I think it was just sort of, you know, the beginning of, oh, this is really easy. And then I, I had, so I, I'd been talking to our NFT collectors, why do you collect them? And I didn't really understand it. They were like, well, yes, you have it on your phone and you, you know you own it. And that's all that matters. I said, well, do you print it? What do you do with it? And they said, no, it's just nice to know that you are collecting. Yeah, and I sort of didn't really understand it until I got my first NFT and it just sort of led me to then buy a few a few more and I can understand why people get you know attached to their collection. There's something quite satisfying about seeing the collection on you know in a small space and you I don't know, there's something very special about it not being physical and yeah, I, I actually don't know how to explain it, but it's definitely something that I'm getting very heavily involved in, it seems. And I guess if you think about it, like, you know, the very, very first ways of people collecting, like the Wunderkammer, these sort of cabinets of curiosities, people would travel and um and get all these different artifacts and things they find and put them into this one place to be displayed in a way, you know, to have the collection of artists who are ranging from practicing in Japan to London is kind of not too different because now a lot of my world is happening on the digital realm and for me it's a collection of you know being gravitating towards artists whose practice um, I find interesting like I read something about them and I like something about their practice triggers something in me so then I want to sort of be part of that and, 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 and feel like I'm collecting part of that artist sort of you know work so in a way it's not too different given that we're living in a very different kind of world
1: that's actually so true but david i'm gonna ask the question that i'm sure every listener now is, is wanting me to ask but you've just launched an nft and you haven't bought an nft yet yourself i'm interested why is that
0: my rationale is that i was on holiday for two weeks in in the Atlas Mountains, and you know, probably the first thing from my mind was um, NFTs at the time. It's, I don't actually, I don't buy art, um, oddly enough. I do trade art with other artists, and that's often how artists develop a collection. And so, uh, you know, I, um, I'm not really uh, someone in the market um, for any kind of art, oddly enough. I mean, very, very occasionally I bought something but very rarely so it's it's yes it's just not something I've yet had a look at
2: yeah and you're right I mean most artists really trade work don't they it's very unusual for artists to buy other artworks
0: well I know some that do and, and some that do very you know uh, expansively but I would say the, the majority of cases you know it's much more a personal thing you know one artist and another artist you know they, they respect each other's work and they you know and you you do a little trade and then then it becomes something very personal it's um, it's unique to that moment and to that person. And then you know, so you tend not to then sell them on because they're, they're like gifts, really.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I've got a few friends that I've purchased artworks from and I can't actually ima- imagine ever selling them. I think, well, actually two of them have been on this podcast. So um, if anyone's interested in those, make sure to check out Our Artist Spotlights. It's a shameless plug there. But yeah, I can definitely relate to that in the sense that those artworks would never, you know, remotely be for sale because they're so personal and they've got memories associated to the times that I, you know, bought them for my friends, etc.
0: Exactly. It's it's not something, it's not a trade. It's not, it, it's a trade in the personal sense. It's not about trading, you know.
1: Exactly. Well, look, David, Layla, I'm conscious I don't want to keep you for too long because we've been chatting for a while now. But before we go, can I just ask, are there any more NFTs with david planned because i might just dip my toe in the water and see if i can get hold of one
0: yes no we uh, later and i we had a conversation uh just earlier this week or last week uh, about doing another another nf2 for Verse again which would be related to but different from the, the one i've just done
1: No, ah, perfect well i will be sure to keep my eyes out for that but look guys thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us today i really do appreciate it and i'm sure all of our listeners that have been asking for more information on nfts will have done too so thank you very much
0: thanks
2: so much james thank
1: you thank you well that's just about conclude us for the latest episode of temporary mission if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure to hit like subscribe or follow on the relevant podcast platform that you're listening on today and make sure to tune in next week where we'll be doing another artist spotlight until then stay safe speak soon. Thank you.
0: Are you a hunter or an outdoor enthusiast? Take your love for firearms to the next level with Goat Guns. Our miniatures are an ideal addition to your hunting gear or cabin decor. Each model is meticulously crafted, capturing the essence of legendary firearms. Celebrate your passion for the outdoors by displaying these stunning pieces. With Goat Guns, you can showcase your love for hunting and firearms in a unique and artistic way. Explore our collection now and embrace your outdoor spirit at GoatGuns.com.